This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1671, New York Comic Con chat, as well as previews! I'm Brian Chrisman. I'm Adam Murdo. And you're Adam Murdo. Well, we'll do that in a second, everything else. <laughs> and, and I'm Chris Everly. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> and actually, we are Chris Everly less today, as well as Shane. So, to join us, to help us out with previews and a little bit of your Comic Con chat, is Mr. Eric Nolan Weddington. <laughs> <laughs> little Muppet Chef for you there, Mark. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Uh, so welcome back to the show, Eric. Ah, good to be. Yes, Eric, if you don't already know, listeners, has been a longtime listener of ours. He helps out on the forums with correcting our uh, pronunciations <laughs> yes. of people's names. So we're thrilled to have him with us tonight because anytime we mispronounce the name of any creator listed in this previews catalog, he can correct us automatically. That's right. Uh, now we're going to come up with somebody who I don't know. Uh, so. <laughs> And also, he, uh, you, you jinxed me. Yeah, he's been with Tomorrow's for quite some time. Uh, helps out a lot with their publishing line, especially mm. the, uh, um, oh my God, right behind you, Adam. What am I thinking of? The, um, the line there with uh, his name on it there. That, uh, the, the... Modern Masters. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, see, there's quite a few things behind it. <laughs> I understand that. We have quite a library of, of your um, Tomorrow's. Here. <laughs> uh, but I, I think you were actually first on the show, if I have this correct. It looks like episode 715, uh, back in 2009, a conversation with Guy Davis. And we had you on afterwards uh, to talk about... Uh, actually, actually, Pants, you're mistaken. Uh-oh. I was on earlier than that. Okay. I was on the show, uh, the Wait. first show that Peter and Brian did at Heroes Con. Oh, okay. And I don't remember. I don't even remember what that year was, but it was a long time ago. It was like around issue episode seventy something, maybe. Wow. Okay, so you've been on many times in the past. Yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter interviewed me as being the only person from Tomorrow's there at the time. Okay. Uh, I was the uh, the chosen interview. Uh, so that was, I, I wish I could remember the episode, but yeah, that was a long time ago. All right, well, move to the archives. A couple, a, couple, <laughs> a couple or three forums ago. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mentioned, this is going to be our New York Comic Con chat as well as our previews. So, as always, these episodes are brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. Go to DCBService.com for all your pre-ordering needs. Because, as always, when you pre-order with them any new DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, or Image Book, they are right away 40% off cover price. Most other publishers between 20 and 35% off cover price. And they do run many specials where they could be 45, 50, 60, even up to 75% off cover price. Did you say 75% off? I That's crazy. did. That's crazy. How do they do it? Volume, volume, volume. <laughs> but uh, they also run many bundles each month where they will put together like titles for one low price. They also continue to have, when you pre-order any new DC Marvel Trader hardcover, they are 50% off the cover price. 
You can get your books bagged and boarded. You can get your books shipped weekly, twice monthly or monthly. Use them for quite a long time. They're fantastic. You can always add books after the fact. If they have them, they will put them on your list for you. It's great. Um, so check them out if you haven't already. Discounts Comic Book Service at dcbservice.com. And I also want to mention, because we do also have another new sponsor. This episode is also brought to you by LearnToGradeComicBooks.com. Do you want to learn what your comics are worth? Have you been in a convention holding your grail book, but not sure if it was actually in the condition the dealer priced it as? Well, the Learn to Grade Comic Books course will give you the skills you need to buy and sell comics with confidence. Now, this is done from a longtime friend of ours, Kevin Volo, who is actually an instructional technologist and designer. And, of course, what that means is uh, he helps um, universities uh, and faculties develop online courses. And he's done one for grading comic books. And it is quite thorough. Uh, it takes you step-by-step step through every comic grade level, explaining in detail why each book received the grade that it did. Um, video lessons examine three different titles at each grade uh, to give you a solid baseline for understanding the grading criteria. Lessons are broken down in over 30 high-definition videos. That is a slew of videos. Yes, with high-resolution images to make sure you can clearly see the details being discussed. That's over eight hours of course content plus bonus materials. Now, the bonus materials include some things like, I don't think about it too often, but how to take care of your comics. You know, like proper um, bagging and boarding of them. Mm -hmm. He goes into that. Uh, it's it's really detailed. It's really great. And actually, the last time I had mentioned the sponsor, I forgot to mention the price. <laughs> you get all of that for forty nine dollars. But if you use the coupon code CGS two zero one seven, you get an extra five percent off the course. And like I said, I'm gonna be taking a look at that because I'm just gonna start slowly looking through my books that I have because I go back to the early Silver Age, even you know late Golden Age. Uh, and see what books that I have that are worth possibly getting graded certified grading or just raw, just to sell. Because you need to pare down the collection a little mm -hmm. bit. So check that out at learntograde.comicbooks.com. Anytime you feel like having that sorting party you keep threatening to have, <laughs> I know. show up on your doorstep with a pack of Mylars in one hand and a winnowing fork in the other. <laughs> mylars, baby, Mylars. mylars. <laughs> All right. Well, a couple of brief things at, at the front of the show here I want to mention. Uh, but one of the coolest things, there is a CGS cameo, many of them, in the most recent issue of Batman, issue 32. Oh, yes. Written by Tom King with art by Mc... Oh, help me pronounce his name there, my murder. Okay, and... Uh Eric, you, you're going to be my backstop here. <laughs> I don't know this guy, so I, I don't. I can't. I can, I, all I know is uh, I can. I can try, but I don't. I don't know him. So, uh, I'm, my guess is Mikel Hanin, and I'm pretty sure he's Spanish. That's, yes, that, that's that's pretty yeah. good. That's what I think. Uh, well, this is uh, I believe the last issue of the War of Jokes and Riddles. Uh, of course, battle between uh, those two villains in the uh, Gotham City, and of course, there've been many casualties uh, between this war of, of civilians and whatever. I, I think you mentioned Murd that. Uh, Tom has used other podcasters as uh, cannon fodder, right. so to speak. The 11 o'clock comics guys, they were uh, just like employees of either the Joker or the Penguin or somebody who were killed. Yeah, I think they might have been the Penguin's bodyguards that were offed by the Joker. Or <laughs> somebody's bodyguards offed by somebody else anyway. But okay. anyway, Vince B. and uh, Jason Wood and so forth. 
Yes. So, on, and I actually bought this issue off the shelf last week because I knew there was a an answer to an earlier question between Batman and Catwoman. So that's why I bought it off the shelf. Uh, so I didn't read the issue when I saw it come through on Twitter that we were in the in the issue. So on pages two and three, there's a huge two-page spread of just pictures of all of the civilians that are killed in the crossfire, mm-hmm. like killed by uh, the Mad Hatter or the Riddler or Mr. Freeze, whatever. And my guess is that uh, the artist drew all the pictures and Tom put names to them afterwards. Because hmm. there's some of the familiar names to us. Like there's a Sean Pryor here who's a, who's a victim. Hmm, that rings a bell. Uh, there's a Dean Stahl who's a victim here. Hey, that poozer. Yes. And then when you get to the very last page, or the very last uh, column here, there's a, a Kelly Shane, Burned by Firefly, May 25th, Murd Ox, <laughs> Stabbed by the Joker on May 28th. See, I get off by the Joker himself. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Pants, P-A-N-T-Z, crushed by Grundy, May 28th. And that headshot looks the most like you of any yeah, of Yeah, that's what I was going to get it because... Um, I'm guessing that's why the rest of us are what we are, because we happen to be near that picture that looks so much like yeah, you. Yeah, there's just names with there. Uh, by the way, I never looked so good in my life. I'd love to have them look like that. I would... Never. Well, yep, uh, anyway. Senor Hanin cleaned you up. That's right. But next to me is Bran Deemer, who's a woman, of a course. Woman, yes. uh, shot by the Riddler on May 28th. Peter Brioche, strangled by Two Face on May 28th. And James D., shot by Deadshot on May 28th. James D. <laughs> so, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God. So I didn't get a chance to read it before someone mentioned on Twitter about that. So I thought that was very cool of Tom. and it was extremely cool. Of yes, because <laughs> he's, he's he's been a long time listening. Well, he's listening longer to podcasts. Well, right, hours, but, because he's afraid of hearing the bad. Right, but he was with us way back when. He's one of the few guests we've actually had in the studio yeah. on multiple occasions. Yeah, made it all the way up the Beltway a couple of times yeah, just so. to hang out with us. Not just to pitch things he was uh, writing at the right, time right. either, just to talk comics. Right, so kudos to you, Mr. King. It was much appreciated. Uh, and one of the reasons why Chris Eberly uh, could not be here tonight... Uh, is because that Wild Pig Comics is officially closing forever. Um, so he's taking, taking care of some last-minute things at the store. I'm going to read uh, their Facebook post. Uh, Wild Pig is closing forever. Everything must go. Inventory, furniture, fixtures, original art. I was like, huh? Um, that means our customer service desk, display cases, etc. will be on sale. So as you hear this, uh, everything is pretty much half off. All comics, used trades, half off. Uh, I think they're out of the magic supplies and everything. Um, but they're actually now closing. I just found out a few minutes ago. This last day open will be Sunday, October 15th. So if you're in the area and hear this before then and want to check out the, the store for one last time and get some hopefully great deals, now's the time. Uh, so, sorry to hear about that, Chris, but uh, that's why he couldn't be with us tonight, so he's getting some, taking care of some things there. Uh, so, we wish him the best, and I might try to make it up one last time to, I don't know, grab some things. I don't know. <laughs> Just offer him some emotional support. Sure, maybe give the man a hug. Uh, on to some other quick announcement. This came across my Facebook feed uh, the other day. Long-time listeners may know uh, our friend uh, up from Toronto, Tiziano DeSantis, who used to work with... Um, Fan Expo, also a longtime friend of Sal. Well, he got engaged to his hey. uh, to his girlfriend Lauren Jett, who I got to meet uh, a couple times at Heroes Con and last year at San Diego. 
So, congratulations to the happy couple. Um, Mazel tov to tis. <laughs> so, can you imagine that wedding with people like Sal and all the art guys he knows and, and other, you know, hillbillies, as I like to say? Uh, that would be a hoot and a half. I'm sure my invitation is, is, is coming. It's going to be as much like a Dean Martin roast as like a wedding, I'm imagining. I mean... Is Ruth Buzzy on the guest list? <laughs> One can hope. <laughs> oh my God! What's what's the the guy who always pretends to be drunk? Well, Dean Martin? No, 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 though no, the oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who you mean, honestly. No, this will be edited out. Um, but anyway, I I I drove drive to go see that wedding. That would, that'll be fantastic. Mm. Not that I'm going to get invited, but uh, anyway, we're going to. Um, also, save a balcony seat for us. Would be like Statler and Waldorf. Sure, sure. I also got in the mail today um, at the studio a uh, little package here. It says, um, it was addressed to me, but it says, Hey, geeks, please find enclosed a few books for Pants' personal library. I'm not sure if they're new to you or have any information you don't already know, but I saw them and thought of you. Hope all is well with all of you, and I'm hoping to bump into you guys at a convention sometime soon. It'd be great to see you all at Emerald City next year. Mm. You have the power... Brian C. Bear. Oh, that explains the Gray Skull uh, sign-off there. Because, of course, because he's the author of a book about uh, the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe franchise, including the most scholarly attention that the uh, Dolph Lundgren movie has ever received. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in here is a paperback of Monkeys Go Mod. Oh, yes, Mad with the A crossed yes. off and an O inserted. Yeah, as Ooh. well as That's a vintage paperback. Dave Letterman. The Letterman Wit, His Life and Humor by Bill Adler. Now, these books look familiar. I may have in my collection, but all my books are still in boxes from when I was putting these out, so I don't know where they are in the house, so I will definitely check these out, Brian. Thank you very much. And maybe we will see you in Emerald City soon. I've been meaning to get back there. Oh, think about it, because right now things are open for requests and things for, like, press and stuff. And think press passes, yes. Yeah, think those, about it. Those things, Those yeah. things, think about it, think about I, it. I'm thinking about it. I'm road, thinking about it right trip. now. Road trip, road trip. All right. Road trip by plane. That's, that's correct. <laughs> Yeah, we can't all be Tony G and uh, just, like, drive across the country in the rough of a hat. But, yeah, yeah, that, it's been eight years since I've last been there, and I'm itching to get back. That long? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2010, yeah. It's that time that I went up to Vancouver to visit Big Jim. Oh, my God, that's right. Yeah, and then he and I, like, drove back down, and uh, th- I think that's the one and only time I've been to Emerald City. And that was a great experience. Yeah, I think it's been five years since I've been there. Eric, have you ever been made out to... to that, is, that is not what I've done. We uh, Tomorrow's did the show once, but we have a... One of our guys, Tom Stewart, uh, lives in Seattle, so he did a show for us. We just shipped books to him, and he ran the show, ran the floor for us. But so I have not done that show. I, I've heard great things about it, and I would love to show, go there at some point, but uh, mm-hmm. just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I, w- I will check that out. Um, see if we can make that uh, feasible. Yeah. I think of those shows on the West Coast, and granted, we haven't been to that many shows on the West Coast, but I, mm-hmm. I think of it as the West Coast version of Heroes Con. Yeah, that's what I've that's more or less what I've heard. Yes, something, something along those lines. I mean, you, you consider. All the talent that's in that area, mm. you know, between or- between Oregon and mm. Seattle, it's you know very true. You know, yeah. Well, I have a few more segues here. Speaking of David Letterman, um, I'm actually going to be in town the next few days. But there was a chance I wasn't. I I just found out like last Thursday. I think I mentioned before that he's going to be doing a new Netflix show. 
to the debut next year in 2018. I don't know really much about it other than it's going to be, I think, six episodes. And he's going to have, like, I think one guest per show. And it's going to be, like, in-depth interview, whatever. But I found out they were taping the first episode, as far as I can tell, in Los Angeles this Thursday at 7 p.m. So I put a request in for tickets, got on the wait list. While I was waiting, I booked a flight and booked a hotel. Because it was a free flight. I, I was going out there. But it, it got to the point last night, on Monday, where I still was on the wait list. And I couldn't, you know, my flight was going to be like Wednesday morning. And it's like, I, I couldn't justify flying out there without a ticket and take off yeah. today's from work, which, you know, they were okay with, actually. Mm. But because I wasn't actually a confirmed ticket holder, I had to, I had to pass. So it's like, oh, I would have loved to have been there for his first uh, show on Netflix. So I almost made a jaunt out to L.A. because I'm like that. I'll do things like that. Yes. Because I went out to L.A. about a year ago for the last time Mike Nesmith performed with Peter Tork Mickey Dolan's a member of the Monkees. Oh, sure, I remember so that. Went out that and came back. So I'll do things like that every now and then. Mm-hmm. But it, I think, listen to Howard Stern uh, lots more ago, He's gonna have, he's gonna be on one of Letterman's Netflix show, so maybe they'll do a show in New York. So I'll keep my tickets for that. Mm. All right, good. Yes. And again, I'm gonna keep rambling on here, guys, before we get to the preview. So again, speaking of the monkeys, I mentioned in the last uh, episode that uh, they're going to be appearing in the Archie's number four comic. Uh, it's coming out from um, Archie Comics, of course, uh, yep. next February. And there's three different covers. One by Michael Allred, one by Greg Smallwood, and one by Joe Eisman, who's the interior artist of the book. Well, I saw Joe was going to be at uh, the Euro Comic Con, which I did go up to, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, I only made up for one day on Saturday, but he was one of my first stops in Artist Alley when I got there Saturday. And I said, hey, I'm looking forward to the monkeys being in their Archie's book. And he goes, oh, I have the cover artwork for that here with me. I'm like, oh, you do? <laughs> Oh, so he turns us right there in the front page of his book, and then right next to this front page of his book, it says, we take credit cards. And I said, well, there you go. So, uh, and I did show us to Eric, so I'll show us to Adam. I happen to be the proud owner. Uh, so you mentioned this earlier, but you didn't mention that the artwork was actually present in the room. <laughs> yes, that I have. And there it is. I have the original cover by Joe Heisman to Archie's number four. <laughs> yeah. And I'll- people say you monkey around. <laughs> <laughs> it's an homage to the the cover where the monkeys are uh, sitting on their um, director's chairs, you know, facing the camera. But behind, or, you know, in this case, the archies are all sitting there, and the monkeys are behind them, looking like, "Hey, get, our get seats. out of our chairs! Get out of our chairs!" So that was a nice original art purchase. Uh, Got to keep going on. Speaking of original art, and here at Comic Con, um, one of the dealers who was up there, um, uh, Will Gabrielle, who from Will's Comic Art Page, who's been on our show before. Uh, put up some artwork recently, and he had a very nice page uh, from the New Titans, uh, number 81, um, drawn by Kurt Swan. And people ask me every now and then about artwork, and this was actually, uh, some artwork can be very expensive. This was actually quite inexpensive. I found this page, from New Titans, from like 1992, uh, by Kurt Swan, only, only $150. And the reason I bought it, because I actually have a few of the page from the issue, it's signed by Kurt Swan. And the bottom, let's say, third of the page is a wonderful image of Pariah. As drawn by Kurt Swan. 
because I have a thing about Crisis characters of other books, so very nice. And there's a nice, it's a four-panel page, the top three panels are across, and there's a note in the margins here from the editor, I'm going to imagine. It says, because the artist was Kurt Swan, inked by Al Vey. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, Eric, what can you tell me about Al Vey? I'm not familiar with him at all, really. He's dead, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's, he's an inker. He's worked with, um, he's actually a very good inker. I think some of his best work's been over uh, George Perez. Um, early DC stuff. Uh, that, uh, Al, Al inked a lot of his stuff uh, in the er, in the eighties. Okay. Uh, he has kind of a, I guess the, his line quality. I guess you closest person I compare him to would be like Jay Rubenstein. Okay, but it's it's a beautiful page, and in the margin there's a note from the editor saying, "Al, call me about panel three. Phantasm quote powers." Drawn wrong. <laughs> I'm guessing that uh, yeah, Kurt probably drew in his arms. But and in the uh, yeah, final uh, equation here, he does not have any arms yeah. anymore. So, so good. it's a wonderful page. I'm mm-hmm. so happy to get to that. Yeah, and it makes uh, Pariah look a lot more heroic than George yeah. Perez ever did. I got one piece while I was at the show this year. So um, from Paulo Rivera, I oh. got uh, it's. Uh, a page of layouts. So it's four four layouts on one sheet. The sheet's not quite 11 by 17. It's more like a 10 by 14. Uh, so you, and there's four pages on there. But it's from Daredevil number one, uh, pages five through eight, with a spot in the wedding at the wedding scene and everything. Yeah, very nice. I and, like the process stuff. Yep. So it was it was a cool little page. And again, speaking of inexpensive art, because you can find inexpensive pages. I actually also found another dealer. Uh, two pages, uh, actually the last two pages, uh, from the Tangent Flash, drawn by Gary Frank, inked by Cam Smith. I mean, this is about, like, the 1998, 99-ish, I think. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah, it, it's got word balloons on it. Like I said, Gary Frank artwork. And the last two pages of the, of the book, one was $65, one was $50. So you can find some inexpensive artwork at conventions. That's... Yeah, those tangent books were actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I really great. dug those. Some some were better than others, but um, sure. overall, I think it was a, it was a pretty strong line. Uh, yeah. you know, just kind of like Elseworlds, I guess. It was where the uh, just didn't have the staying power with the fans, I guess, yeah. because they want the real thing. But uh, I thought there were some interesting takes on the characters. Yeah, I think the idea was to re- recreate the uh, innovation that went on in the Julie Schwartz era at DC in the 60s where they were taking just the names of old Golden Age characters and uh, mm-hmm. creating completely new characters under them for the Silver Age. So they were yeah, kind of, yeah. just uh, kind of taking the names of these characters and uh, running with them with completely new premises. Yeah. So the Atom, for yeah. example, was uh, like the Superman figure. Exactly, yeah. And yep. Superman, meanwhile, was closer to Siegel and Schuster's original concept, like a bald-headed, uh, psionically powered... Uh, Villain, basically, someone who was out to uh, take over the world and remake it in his own image. Yeah, really. Yeah, I think my it. favorite. I think my favorite was the Green Lantern one with the. Um, oh yes. Was more. She was more like a. It was a female. She was, she was more like a. Phantom Stranger type of character. Mm-hmm. Written by James yeah, Robinson, she, as I recall. Yes, I trust your yeah, recall. I think that's part of why it was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to segue now sort of into the New York Comic Con now. A little bit of chat about that. Like I mentioned, um, I had originally planned on going up there for all four days. But then just things happened, and I decided, you know, let me just go up for one day. And only for a short day. I was only really up there 
on Saturday uh, till like about four o'clock, only about six hours. And quite frankly, that was three hours too long because it was packed aroni. Um, no kidding. Um, now I went downstairs first uh, before I got really busy down in Artist Alley, which. Um, was no longer in its separate building um, at the Javits Center. It was now on the extreme, if you face the Javits Center from outside, the extreme left bottom of uh, the Javits Center. And um, I was talking to... Down Com- in the food court. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Comfort Love, who actually um, has been, or will be in communications with uh, Reed about, you know, things about uh, how the RSL went, so... Like she has their ear, basically. I can imagine what she's saying. <laughs> I heard, I heard quite a lot, of, quite a few stories. Uh, a friend of mine who was set up down there said he just about passed out a few times. From the yes. Uh, first of all, it was about a third as large as it was last year, and a lot of people did not make the cut. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of really talented people did not make the cut. Yes, uh, which is unfortunate. Not good at all. Um, but yes, it eventually got very warm down there with all those people down Quite there. warm early October we're having here. Exactly, which was very odd to me because upstairs in the main hall where Eric was and most other people were uh, that weren't in Artist Alley, uh, it was quite cool up there, I thought. Would you not agree, yeah, Eric? Depending on the time, I mean, there, there, was, there were periods where it would get warm, but uh, you know, on Sunday it was downright cold mm-hmm. where I was. I don't, it was kind of weird. The, another issue with the Artist Alley, though, was you know, there's only two escalators down to that room. Mm-hmm. So rather than having that long hallway like it used to have but where the old sections being reconstructed, you had two, ele- two escalators going down. And basically, uh, if, you take the, if you take the one that comes, comes down right to in front of the entrance, like I had the misfortune of doing, you get to the bottom and there's like a wall in front of you of people, and you're just having to scoot up just enough so that the back of the next of the stare behind you doesn't clip your shoe go keep your foot it was uh i came close to getting my foot caught in the escalator a couple of times oh, geez. Uh, just because there you had nowhere to go you just get to the bottom of the escalator and there's you're just stuck and uh, it was it was a madhouse down there it was just packed like sardines literally i mean uh it was it was a bit of a mess but, I, but the thing is though i mean the people i talked to said they did well um so I think I think uh, I mean people were buying stuff, but there are a lot of people who were just being kind of pushed through. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I heard some complaints about that with, from from some of the attendees, where uh, you know they were, didn't feel like they were able to stop and look at uh, some of the artists, perhaps because of the way the crowds were kind of moving, and you had no way to no way to uh, veer off or uh, nowhere to gather yourself, but. Uh, yeah, because because you know, in the old section, the the the, aisle, the aisles were very wide. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could step, you could fit six people across easy. But uh, in the room where they're at uh, this year, it was uh, you know maybe you might could go four wide if that. Right. And uh, and from what I understand, that construction may be going on for four or five years, so they may be stuck there for a while. Yeah, that's that's the word I hear as well. By the way, Foster Brooks is what I'm thinking of with the. Drunk guy for the roast back in the day. Uh, okay. <laughs> I always get Foster Brooks and Brooks Foster mixed up. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, I, I can testify to that because of the crowd in this, because there were several creators who I just sort of didn't get a chance to talk to. Or, like Katie Cook was always busy. David Peterson was mm. always busy. Yep. Um, yep. As I was leaving, I was all the way at Hot Flips in the back corner, and I was, I was leaving to, hit, to go catch my bus home. 
and I'm walking past one of the, in through one of the aisles, which is like just teeming with people, and here it is, pants! And I look over, it's Rafer Roberts. Wow. And so we, we were chatting as I was walking slowly up the aisles, and I'm going to catch my bus, goodbye, and I, I kept going up, I hear, pants! And it's Brian J. L. Glass. <laughs> and I'm like, hi, Brian, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm catch my bus. <laughs> you know, I was, it was just that busy, I couldn't stop and talk to these people. Sweetheart of a guy, yeah. Brian. Just, yes. Uh, he, he will talk your ear off. So. Well, yeah, so I was, I eventually got my bus and got home. But, uh, yeah, now, one of the, also, it was very cool to have some personal story time with Uncle, Uncle Sal. Oh, M-G. So I, I got to his booth Saturn. He was there. He was already talking to our also good friend, Steve Hovetki. I would just sort of fly on the wall there for that conversation. For a good half an hour, I just was stood there and listened to them talk. And I could do that all day long. Is it this was, on the second story lounge? Is, uh, uh, he actually did not bring the second tier for the Alex Ross booth. Uh, uh, just the, the first level with all the various art displays and everything. But Sal looked fantastic. Fantastic. I haven't seen him since Comic-Con uh, San Diego 2016. He's got a personal trainer right now, and he looks tremendous. And, of course, there's stories to go along with that. I, I can't tell on the air, but just uh, it, was, it was wonderful. So it was Looking great. a little more like Captain Marvel then, right? Yeah, really great to see Sal again. Um, but one of the big announcements that came out in your Comic-Con actually happened the Tuesday before the con started, and I didn't find out about it. Until like Sunday after Con ended. Listen to this. Reed Pop, who actually runs New York Comic Con as well as C2E2, as well as Emerald, Emerald City, City Comic Con, yep. announces Keystone Comic Con in Philadelphia coming in September of 2018. Well, well, well. How about that? September 14th, 15th, and 16th at the Philadelphia Convention Center, right downtown. You could have knocked me over with a feather when I read that news. It's like, wow. Because, just wow. <laughs> I mean, so, huh. It's not going to... Yeah, well, I, I heard about that during the show uh, from one of the artists. and uh, It, it kind of makes sense because, you know, Wizard World, from what I understand, is struggling now uh, in Philly. So. Um, and I, well, I haven't, done that, haven't done the Wizard World Philly show since probably 2002 or three, mm -hmm. uh, Just because... Uh, it just wasn't the kind of show that we we do well at. Uh, you know, it was it was more of an entertainment kind of show, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so uh, maybe Reed can actually get a get a uh, more a more comic centric show in there and, and do well. I think I think they could do well in there. Yeah, that, that's the idea. And so, hmm, very interesting. So I will be keeping my eye on them. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Would that conflict with Baltimore, do you think? Well, that's a great question. Uh, oh, hey, you know what? Uh, while we're doing that, I'm just going to type in Baltimore Comic Con 2018 because I was there. And let's see, September 28th, 29th, and 30th, two weeks before Baltimore, probably two weeks after um, Fan Expo and um, Atlanta. What's the con? Dragon Con. And right around the same time as the SPX. Wow. Yeah. In the Ohio. Well, that's, that's not good on their part. I, I, I think they may end up with some of the same problems that Wizard had when they tried to get uh, too close to around Heroes Con. Yeah. Because uh, Baltimore, that's another kind of show like Heroes Con where the artists really support the show. And I don't see, if, I don't, I don't see them uh, wanting to, to ditch them in any way or do anything that's going to 
hurt Baltimore Comic Con. So uh, that that's that's I'm kind of surprised about that. I, I would have figured they would have gone more midsummer trying to get in between Wizard World and, and Baltimore. Yeah, well, maybe that's, maybe that's the only dates they had open, but I, I'm afraid that uh, that might be a, a bad opening there for if they, if they try to get too close. Right. Well, as we mentioned, there's there's almost always a big show every weekend. Somewhere yeah, in yeah. The you US. can't you can't it's, avoid that, but you yeah. get, you know you, you have to be aware of what's in your immediate area because you, you get a lot of crossover. I'm sure. Uh, because there's a lot of crossover in, in attendees just between Heroes and Baltimore, and mm-hmm. I mean that's. That's even farther away than Baltimore and Philly. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, I don't know. But I will. Be. I wish them luck, but uh, yeah. that's, that's. I think they could have had better timing of that. But keep keep an eye on that show. Who knows? Who they might need some volunteers or some paid people to help them <laughs> out. I don't know. I don't know. What do I know about running cons? Oh, London. Um, okay. Um, so again, just there's as I mentioned, guys, jump in if you have anything to to add or whatever. But a, a couple of things I saw come out of New York Comic Con. Uh, this one really caught my eye. They're doing an Inferior Five book at DC Comics. Yes. Oh my! Ah, uh, yes. Creation. That was of- the big news I saw. Yes. Now it says before you start applauding, this is what Keith Giffen says. Uh, it's not that Inferior Five. It's sort of a crossover no. of Stranger Things and Twin Peaks. Oh. Uh, it's going to be uh, written by Keith Giffen um, with co-written, co-written, co-written with Jeff Lemire. Keith. With yes, okay, and drawn by Giffen, mm-hmm. uh, also with the uh, the five page backup feature, of Peacemaker, written and drawn by Jeff. Yeah, which I've seen artwork for online. It's like very nice because yeah, right. we've had Jeff on a few times before, and he just loves drawing like DC characters, and so he good for him. Yeah, bringing back a Charlton action hero. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good news. But I'm a little upset that it's not going to be that inferior. Well, I mean, would you really want to have a character called Dumb Bunny at this point in time? I, I see problems with that. So I, I can see, and you know, we'll see. I, I think they'll come up with something good. So given the talent involved, I think I think it'll be a good story. We'll, I mean, you know, I, I don't, maybe there'll be some kind of tie to the old some kind of nod to the old crew. Of course, Adam, please give us a brief overview of the original Inferior Five, if you would. Uh, well, they were the creation of one of my uh, my heroes, uh, E. Nelson Bridwell at DC. They were a humor strip. They were a superhero parody of... Uh, it's well before there was such a thing as the Mystery Men or... Uh, about the same time as Ralph Bakshi's Mighty Heroes, I guess. Um, we had... Uh, it was... Now, Eric mentioned Dumb Bunny... And there was also uh, Awkward Man and uh, the White Feather, who's like a Green Arrow analog, who's a big coward. And the Blimp, who's a fat guy who could fly. And uh, Merry Man, who's kind of like a... He looked like Woody Allen in a jester costume. <laughs> and uh, they were all the, the children. You know, their backstory was they were the children of uh, much more impressive uh, superhero archetype-type characters, like uh, Wonder Woman and uh, Green Arrow and Green Hornet-type uh, analogs. Um, but uh, they did not share their parents' aptitude for crime fighting, and so they just kind of bumbled through silly superhero adventures back in the 60s. Yes. And first appeared in Showcase number 66 from 1966, uh, created by E. Uh, e. Nelson Riddle as well as Joe Orlando. But yeah, uh, this one, uh, according to Keith Giffey, says it's basically about five kids in a small town. It's post-invasion, so it's 1988. It's people relocated from the war and destruction, and people move into the town and don't realize that there's a scientific location underneath. 
And of course, he's referring to the DC's uh, crossover event, Invasion, back in the 80s. Oh, yes, the Invasion exclamation point. Yes. So that's still in continuity post-Flashpoint? Hey, you know, with... Why not? With Rebirth, who knows? Why not? Uh, Yeah. You're not so... Uh, Unless we've got uh, Woody Allen in a Jester costume. (laughs) I I think I'm going to be out. I'm sorry. On to a couple of things, and again, guys, jump in. Uh, did you did you did you hear about the other DC announcement? You mean the Doomsday uh, Clock? No, the Young Animals. No, I did not. Uh, well, uh, Sonny Liu, who I nominated for best uh, graphic novel of, of the, at the CGOS Awards, and who I nominated for best cartoonist, I think, um, is going to be drawing one of the uh, a new uh, miniseries for them. They've announced like two or three titles, and he's going to be doing one of them. Um, it's a, a six-issue miniseries called Eternity Girl. Hmm. Yeah, that's a new one. Can you remember any yeah, of the I mean, titles they announced? I don't remember the names of them, but I think there were three titles, I want to say, which uh, by creators I wasn't very familiar with, so uh, take that for what it's worth. I, I mean, the, the, uh, are, are either of you reading any of the Young Animals line? Uh, well, uh, there's the, uh, Bug miniseries, uh, by the All yeah. Reds. Um, I've got every issue of Doom Patrol to date, and, uh, a bunch of the, uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. But, uh, those yeah. are the only ones Cave, I've Cave Carson about. was the one I stuck with the longest. I'm, I'm not buying any of them except Bug now, and that'll be just, so i got one more issue left, I think. Um. It's a little behind schedule. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Doom Patrol I thought was okay. The art, I love the art, but, uh. Uh, a little too, I don't know, trying too hard, I think. Is, <laughs> yeah. is, trying is too hard to be precious and strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, you know, uh, I thought Cyber, the Cape Corso was pretty good. I just uh, had to cut back on some titles, and that was you know, the chocolate block. So. Uh, it looks like there's, um, there's an upcoming JLA Doom Patrol crossover called Milk Wars. Right, right. That was the thing. That, that's the, those three new series are spinning out of the Milk Wars crossover. Uh-huh. I, I actually right. did not see that announcement. <laughs> um, what yeah, I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Well, so what I was going to uh, mention is that um, and I would have gone to this panel if I would have been at the con on Friday, is uh, Jeff John talking about Doomsday Clock. Uh, they actually gave out an ash can of black and white images uh, from the first six pages of the first issue of Doomsday Clock. And um, I, I, I want to talk about it, but there's some spoilers, so I, I won't talk about it, but it's available online. I am very intrigued, um, and it, it could call... Uh, as anything bringing back Watchmen in any form, like with before Watchmen, that was a whole big uproar in the... You know, people had very strong opinions one way or the other on that. I'm sure we'll see some very strong opinions on this, but I'm looking forward to this very much. I'm really looking forward. You know, you had me at Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, quite <laughs> frankly. Throwing Watchmen and Rebirth stuff, yippee. That, that's my wheelhouse. I'm a simple man with simple needs, you know. <laughs> that's all I can say about that. But check it out if you're interested on the, uh, the interwebs because it, it's out there. Um, I saw something else. I don't know too much about this other than an image I saw uh, that uh, Walt Simonson posted. There was a Jack Kirby panel at New York Comic Con, and who showed up but John Byrne? Yes. <laughs> and he actually went back to the IDW booth and signed uh, at the booth. For really? John Byrne yeah. at a con. Well, I mean, yep. he used to do Mid-Ohio all the time, 
uh, as I recall, yeah. like 10 years ago, but hasn't been seen at very many cons since. But I was like, wow, that's great. Good to see him at a con. Yep, IDW convinced him to come out for, this, for the panel. So, uh, yeah, there's some great, some great photos online of uh, Walt and, and uh, John together. I didn't get a chance to see him, so uh, that was kind of sucked. But because um, I, I talked to him on the phone, but I've never actually met him in person. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was hoping that I'd be able to run into him. But uh, he, he was only there for the day, and I couldn't get away from the booth. So, yeah. um, well, uh, Eric, have anything else you want to talk about for New York Comic Con? Well, loading was kind of a pain this year. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was because of the construction or or what, but you know that you know, that big area where normally we would, you, you know, unload the unload the cars and stuff um, mm. inside the fence area. Yeah, uh, they were not using that this year. I don't know if it was because of the construction or for other reasons, but uh, everyone was having to unload from the street, which was chaotic at best. Um, and uh, there was they were enforcing strictly enforcing the policy of uh, not be, leaving your car unattended, which for those of us who drove up by the, ourselves was a little bit of a problem. Uh, I had to tag team with another guy who was partnerless, and uh, he I let him uh, unload his car while I watched the cars, and then uh, he watched the cars while I unloaded. So it was took twice as long as normal to <clears throat> unload and uh, load load out was. Just as chaotic. There was a huge line backed up. They weren't letting anyone up to the get up to the curb yet. Uh, we we bypassed that. Went up a block, double parked on the side of the road, and <laughs> one of us stood with the car while the other drag drug our stuff out. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a big mess. And uh, I hope they do something better about that next year. It's the first time I've really had any kind of issues with. Uh, I mean, it's always kind of a pain because you have to sit in line. But that's typical at any convention. But this year was the first time where I felt like they didn't really have a good handle on how things were going to go. So hopefully they can uh, do something better with that next year because I don't want to have to get that again. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. (laughs) No, no. But, uh, yeah, for the few hours I was up there, it was packed. I mean, like I mentioned, RS Alley, at one point it was just literally a sea of people. You couldn't really – that's why I went there first. I was told, go there first. So I said hi to a few people very quickly. Um, but other than that, uh, I was mostly just walking around upstairs on the floor, which was actually a little better. Like I said, it was much cooler up there and a lot more spacious. I managed to find a, f- a few back issues I was looking for. Uh, I actually found a couple things for Shane, for goodness sake. I kept texting Shane, hey, Shane, I found this. Oh, yay, yay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but uh, you really need to spend more than a day up there. And for me to go up there for just a few hours, I, I was just wiped out. Uh, maybe just yeah. not in, in I'm out of my con shape, but I, 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 they've had so many great panels and signings and autographs and other events, even off-site. But my bread and butter uses Artist Alley, but I just couldn't spend any time down there. It was just chaotic. Now, again, I was also on there on a Saturday, so it, it was chaotic, uh, really was. They've torn down the building that formerly housed Artist Alley yes, then? Yes, yes. Are they planning to build something else on the site? Uh, you know, yes. Uh, yes. They're they're re- they're redoing that whole area. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, how what the uh, plan for that area is, but they are yes, they are re- reconstructing it. Okay, well let's hope that uh, Artist Alley finds a new home there, because it sounds yeah. like where it was this year simply did not work. Mm. Yeah, it's New York, so you know. Yeah, this is the first year they actually moved a lot of the panels off site. Yeah, uh, they had some events going on at Madison Square Garden and at the. Uh, the Madison Theater 
I can't remember the name of the theater, but they're right there near, right, right across, catty, kind of catty corner from uh, Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And then I think one of the hotels had some panels, too. Yeah. So, okay. Kind of going uh, the, the San Diego route in that respect. Yeah, exactly. But again, it, it's, it's, it was just a good to see a few people there. I, just, I wish I would have had more time, and I wish it would have been just <laughs> from, a lot of those people for my taste. Like, get out of my way. I just want to do things, you know, it's all about pants. Get out of my way. But that's not I, I don't know how accurate it was, but the count I saw was 200,000 tickets. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Some other people mentioned it, and I, I'm kind of uh, obliged to agree, is I'm surprised that the, uh, the fire marshal didn't step in at some point in certain, <laughs> in certain situations. Uh, that would have been a flashback to the first year when the fire marshal did step in. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly. just, uh, oh, my God, because... Look! Look they, online they, they for pictures. Sell, they weren't selling four-day passes this year. It was just single-day passes. That's I think. Correct. So, That's, you're correct. But yeah, yeah, look online for the pictures of the throngs. There, it's just mass, a sea of humanity, as it gets were. All right. Well, if there's nothing else to talk about near a Comic Con, anything else, gentlemen? I'm good. All right. Like I, said, I did want to talk about it briefly because I did manage to go up there, and it's some news about there. Uh, so let's move on then to the previews catalog. This is the October. 2017 catalog for items going to stores mostly in December. So, gentlemen, just um, we're just going to go through the catalog as usual, starting at Dark Horse. So, shout out your highlights and let's have that. Anything from Dark Horse that has anyone's fancy? Well, I think the the uh, the big highlight for me is Hellboy Krampus Knox, not just because it's a Krampus story there for for Murd, but because mm-hmm. it's 36 pages of interior art by Adam Hughes. Oh, 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 man. Yeah, honestly, it takes a little more than just a Krampus story to get me to sit up and pay attention. I mean, in, in this catalog alone, there's uh, at least two different Krampus stories. Spawn is fighting okay. Krampus this week, this month, too. <laughs> but, but why not? Yes, as you say, yeah, why not, indeed. So, as you say, Eric, though, the Adam Hughes artwork, that plus... You know, it, it's Mike, it, Mike Mignola writing it, so he's going to be respectful to the, 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 the origin myths, you know, the, 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 the folk legends that gave rise to Krampus in the first place. And it's oh, going to no be doubt. beautifully rendered by Adam Hughes. So that kind of Krampus story I would very much like to read. So bye, bye, bye for me on that one. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, and then uh, going back a couple pages, uh, Empowered and Sister Spooky's High School Hell. So this is the first time Empowered's actually been in a comic book format. They've had some mini comic size things, and then, the, of course, the digest size trades are the typical. Um, and as as is the case when it's not one of the typical book, digest size book format books, uh, Adam himself is not penciling it. But we have Carl Speed McNeil drawing it, so uh, that's not a not really a down, down step, so... Uh, I'll be checking that out. Uh, let's see, on page 65, uh, we've got uh, a new Rebels trade paperback. Uh-huh. Uh, collecting the most recent uh, Rebels, these free and independent states uh, miniseries, eight issues of it. Um, so, you know, Chris Eberle is not here to uh, gush about it. So uh, let me just I was going to point that one out. <laughs> I, I knew but you But also, I, I haven't been getting the Re- Rebels series, but uh, I will be getting this trade for my son because he is a history major and uh, he did a, a course... Part of his course last semester was on the USS Constitution. He, he now he's like all all in on the USS Constitution history. So I'll be getting this one because <laughs> this one's focused on the USS Constitution. Does he still uh, go back? Does he do a podcast? Go back to the uh, Secret Loves of Geeks trade paperback. Looks like it has some interesting creators. Uh, you got two really good novelists in Margaret Atwood and Patrick Rothfuss doing stories oh, for it. Yeah. 
the little preview art looks looks pretty good. The, the two little stories they preview here. So might give that a try too. Got some stuff thrown in there from uh, Gerard Way of uh, the yeah. Young Animal and uh, Hope Larson, who's been writing Hope Batman Larson, lately. Yeah. Yeah. Started to ask you, Eric, is your son still doing that uh, history podcast he'd started? Yeah, he hasn't done one in a while, but he's hoping to get back get that back going again. Um, I think he had, he had one of his professors is going to be on the show here coming up soon. I don't know exactly when that will be, though. But uh, yeah, he's still he's still doing it. Uh, he's actually got one in the can that he did on. He uh, he took a a uh, media kind of course where they he well he did took a history class last semester where um, one of his formats was to actually turn in a podcast so um, I, it just needs to be edited but it's on the history of video games oh uh, interesting topic <laughs> and what's, yeah. what's the title of his show Eric uh, it is History Roundtable this giant series looks kind of interesting I mean it's it's kind of like an anime-ish kind of thing, but uh, giant monsters and page sixty-two. I don't know if I'll try it or not, but uh, it's like by some uh, creators I do not. I'm not uh, not familiar with, but uh, the art definitely looks nice. All right, anything else from Dark Horse? Well, there's one thing: the the robotic existentialism, the art of Eric Joyner. Are you either of you guys familiar with Eric Joyner? I've heard of robots and donuts, but uh, he's the, that's the guy. That's right. the guy. So this is just a big art book. Um, his stuff's really cool. Uh, I've got a print from him that I got in San Diego years and years ago uh, of him with the uh, he did with uh, the Rock'em Sock'em Robots, uh, which is very cool. So it, it's kind of like he does this kind of a uh, well, they describe it as whimsical masterpieces. That's pretty much what he does: whimsical masterpieces. Um, so if you're interested in uh, kind of a fine art approach to toys. <laughs> donuts <laughs> might be something to check out. He's, he's really good. He's really good. Uh, I don't see anything else in Dark Horse. All right. Uh, then we'll move on to DC, where they're starting the New Age of DC Heroes. Yep, the first such New Age this year. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, uh. All right. And they're leading with the Immortal Men, a group of characters uh, who were teased in the uh, Dark Days, the Forge one shot, which I finally got around to reading. So, yeah, the Immortal Men. You know, pretty much that very cover image that we're seeing here was appears in one of the panels in that uh, in that comic. So it's like this uh, secret brotherhood of all the uh, undying characters in the DC mythos. I think the Rachel Ghoul, for example, is a member of this group. Um, Shazam is in there. And uh, so this, this ongoing series, uh, written by James Tynan IV, with art by Jim Lee and Scott Williams, uh, is going to focus on a... So a core group of characters pictured on the, the front cover here, which I don't immediately recognize, and I think at least half of them have to be new. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad that this is happening. I've, you know, we hear a lot about Vandal Savage. We hear less about the Immortal Man, who was you know, at, at some point retroactively established as uh, Vandal Savage's uh, immortal enemy. Um, I mean, other than the Resurrection Man series that Abnett and Lanning did back in the 90s, and then again as part of the New 52, uh, you haven't heard much about uh, the Immortal Man and his progeny. Uh, but now, coming back in a big way. And uh, that is one series in this new age of DC heroes that I'm definitely going to at least try. Yeah, I might try that one. I'm, it looks kind of interesting. Not too much from this new age line really looks all that interesting outside of the uh, the Fantastic Four spinoff. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I might. That one looks like it could be interesting. So, 
Yeah, we got damage number one, which is you know talking as we were about the tangent comics, uh, you know the, the the Julia Schwartz gambit of just taking an existing name and building a new character under it. That's what they're doing here. I remember, I've got to be one of the few people who actually liked and collected the Damage series in the '90s. I had it too. All right. Well, because there was also a bit of a um, Golden Age tie-in with uh, right. the Golden Age Adam, Al right. Pratt. Right. Mm-hmm. Grant Emerson, aka Damage, turned out to be his genetic. Uh, offspring. Yeah. I think he was uh, like a sort of uh, like a test tube baby that was created using Alpright's uh, genetic material. And this new guy, Elvis Avery, is no connection to that at all. He's just a big, scary, golem-looking soldier guy. Doesn't yeah, seem- it looks like it's, they're doing a kind of a take on the Hulk, and hopefully, that's, hopefully there's more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, Eric. I, I hope that there is, since they're already doing, as you said a minute ago, a fantastic full rip-off. Doing a whole well, then, on the, the next page, time. you got the silencer. It looks like a, a Punisher takeoff. So, you know. it's written by Dan Abnett, so that, it probably won't be all bad. That's, but that's, yeah, it probably won't be all bad. But uh, yeah, lady with guns versus guys with swords is not the kind of comic I usually read. So exactly, my my, my either. But uh. and then we go to the Doomsday Clock number two, and uh, it says here in the solicit in this second chapter. The Dark Knight discovers another relic from the Watchmen world, and that's an image that I saw from the, from the ash can. I'm like, oh, cool. So that was my first reaction was cool, and I was like, you know, I'm in with this. Like, I, I you know, Gary Frank, Jeff Johns, yeah. Yep, I'll be along for the ride, too. Metal, not so much, though. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, what I'm doing with metal is listening to Peter Rios' podcast <laughs> when, he goes over, when he goes over the breakdowns of that. No, seriously, because... He's all he's all about that, and thanks, Peter, for uh, putting out the Daily Rios. Daily Rios, yeah. i got to um, check out his recaps, too. I've been told over Facebook. Breakdowns. That, what did I say? You said recaps. They're breakdowns. Break well. <laughs> he coined a new term for his, well, not a new term, but used that term for the episodes. <laughs> break it down now. Okay. Yeah, and I, I will listen along, because apparently there, there are a lot of DC Easter eggs in, in this miniseries, like, all over the place. <clears throat> Corner. <sighs> oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <clears throat> Just when I thought you were starting to learn about spoilers. I thought I told you about that. <laughs> if you did, I immediately forgot about it. Oh, sugar! And it's a good thing, too. Oh, crap on a cracker. I'm so sorry. Let's just move on. Yeah, let's move on before we really get mad. And <laughs> Page 86. Lucky charms on me. We've got another... Yeah, I'll brandish my shillelagh. <laughs> Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Another miniseries teaming up these two characters from the same creative team as before, James Tynan IV and our friend Freddie E. Williams II. Um, so this time, uh, you know, whereas in the first miniseries, uh, the Turtles went to Gotham City, crossed universes. This time, Batman and Bane end up in uh, the Turtles version of uh, New York City. I liked that first miniseries. Um, we're not being told how many issues this is. I hope it's just two. But uh, even if it's four or six, I think I'm, I'm going to buy it. I mean, to support Freddy for one thing, but it's just a fun meeting of characters for another. Ooh, check out the DC Holiday Special on page 87. Mm-hmm. Some of the creators involved there. Yeah, you got some good talent in there. Tom King and Jeff Lemire and Christopher Priest, Greg Rucka, mm-hmm. Steve Epting, Douglas Evely. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, good people in there. Plus you get Sergeant oh, Rock fighting Nazis. So, you know. And it, it is half off at DCBS. Thank God it's half off because it's a nine ninety nine cover price. Woof. Yeah. yeah I, I've actually already placed my DCBS order from this thing, and I only ordered eight comic books. Overall. Overall. Wow. Throwing a previews and a sketchbook from um, 
Terry Moore, that's all I ordered. I begin to think that I spend more per month than every other geek combined. Yeah, I'm sort of really <laughs> tightening my belt here. I mean, I may add a few things later after we go over the... I should have waited till this recording, but I, I couldn't wait. <sighs> I know. Burn my pants. But you can always add things to your order. That's right. DCBS customer service. <laughs> Another one of the beautiful features of value-added services they provide. Exactly. Right? Discount comic book service. Now, page 88, you know, somebody tell Shane about this. Action Comics 993 and 994. It's Dan Jurgens writing it, Brett Booth doing the art, and it's Superman and Booster Gold meeting up. Um, Superman needs Booster Gold's time travel help to find out whether he can believe his eyes as to the secret identity of Mr. Oz. Do you I, know? I know who it is. I do, too. Oh, you do? Okay. Yep, you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I won't spoil it for but you. But still, it's Dan Jurgens doing Superman and Booster in a single comic Shane will probably want to buy those two issues. Page 91, a couple issues of uh, Tom King's ongoing Batman series featuring Superman. Hmm. So we get to see Tom writing the world's finest. Super friends. Da, 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 <laughs> da, da, da. Page 94, Kurt Busiek and John Paul Leone's Batman Creature of the Night continues. Uh, what that uh, Superman's secret identity was to Superman. It's basically a... It's a take on the Earth, the Earth Prime Superboy character, and so now we have kind of the same thing: a young man in a world where Batman's just a comic book character, kind of finds himself drawn into that role in his superheroless world. Uh, page ninety-eight, Cyborg, the ongoing series, is getting a new writer in Kevin Grievous, um, with whom we nearly worked on a special issue of uh, Comics Now. Magazine. Really? Yeah. He actually, we were working with him to put together little uh, character profiles on African-American comic book characters. It was going to be for, like, Black History Month. Oh, okay. So I did a little blurb about Tyrock of the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, okay. I have a vague recollection of that Comics Now magazine. <laughs> of, of that issue, I hope, not the, the magazine itself. Oh, no, that, that particular issue, yeah, I know, but yeah. that was, would, would, would have been issue five, I think. Is that correct? Yeah, it might actually have been after that. Because oh. it ends with issue four. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it would have been at least issue five. Okay, I like I said, I, I dropped most of the DC Rebirth titles, uh, the few I was getting some time ago. Uh, then I read the blurb on issue one twenty-two for Titans number eighteen, uh, the Rise of Troia, and this is in the this is in the book. I'm going to read it. It says here, Wally West is dead. And I'm like, what? What? He just came back. Yeah, he just came back. Are you, are you serious? Do I have to now go find out what's going on with Wally West now? Do after, you have any idea, Adam? After all the fangasms that were triggered by his return, his emotional return in that DC Rebirth special. Oh, God. I think the last issue I got was like issue eight or nine. I've been keeping up with it, and, uh, well, yeah, Wally's not dead yet as of whatever the last <laughs> issue was that I, I picked up. So, yeah, this is spoiling something yet to come. Oh, nuts. Going back to page 114, you get the last issue of the Commandy Challenge. Oh, yes. Which, which I want to point out mostly because of the epilogue is written by the late Lynn Wein with art by oh. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Mm. So it's probably the last thing Lynn wrote and uh, art by Garcia Lopez. What more do you need? Right. Aye, aye. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. I, I kind of a bittersweet, bittersweet ending to the series. Yeah. But, mm, yeah. I'll be getting this in trade. I haven't been following along, but yeah, it's been kind of, I've been kind of hit, or, hit hot, running hot and cold on it. It uh, depends on the issue, so mm. oh, yeah. But uh, th I expect this one to be a pretty good one. So, 
Um, I'm going to jump back a little more to page 111. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice League, numbers 34 and 35. This is uh, the, the first two parts of an arc by Christopher Priest with art by Pete Woods, whose art I remember from his run on Robin, which I'm kind of just now reading. Um, but it's uh, this, the, the, the premise here is that Batman suffers from sleep deprivation. You know, who'd have thought? Nighttime vigilante <laughs> snoozing on the job, and he basically causes a horrible crisis and... And then the fallout from that is uh, delineated for us by Christopher Priest as only he can. And, yeah, I think I'm going to be probably buying that arc. And Mm. I bet you Chris Eberle will, too. Sure. Page 128. I I always like to point out Future Quest. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ongoing Future Quest presents number five. We've got a new three-part story here written by Phil Hester with art by Steve the Dude Rude. Wow. Starring Birdman! Oh. Yes. He's drawing all three issues. Yeah. That would be awesome. So, yeah. I've been getting the series. It's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not quite as exciting as that first two or three issues of the uh, the first series, but it's still pretty solid. I see here Phil Hester's writing this one instead of uh, Parker, though. So. But, yeah, Phil's a good writer, so sure. hopefully won't won't uh, won't stumble. Yeah. It's nice of uh, Jeff Parker to step aside and let some other folks uh, get in on the fun. Scooby-Doo team-up number 33 on page 131. Scooby-Doo and the Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> Always oh, man, that's, That is just a great title. I keep seeing all these wonderful team-ups. Charlie Fish does a great job. I think, what was the last one that I read? The one with... Um, the Challengers? And no, the, with uh, El Kabong and... Uh, Kabong! <laughs> And Ricochet Rabbit. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a good mix here. We're teaming up with different Hanna-Barbera characters and different mm-hmm. DC characters. Just keeping it fresh. Yep. You could just throw in some, like, washed-up celebrities of the 60s and 70s. That would be <laughs> gravy. Don Nuts. Well, hold on there, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Uh, and on page 130, the aforementioned bug, The Adventures of Foreigner, comes to its sixth and final issue. Or Forager. What did I say? Foreigner. Why I keep doing that? You're hot-blooded. <laughs> I'm as cold as ice. <laughs> All right, I guess we're moving into trade territory here. Mm-hmm. A couple of good Silver Age collections for for your interest, Brian. Yeah, look at that Suicide Squad. I, haven't, I don't have much of that, so it might be interesting. Yeah, well, I got that recently in the hardcover format that they put out with the, those Michael Cho covers. I got yes. that. I, Still haven't read it, of course, but I knew I had to get it, but it was half off because it was a brand new hardcover from DC, which this one is half off, twenty nine ninety for trade, only fourteen ninety nine. Marvelous. <laughs> uh, and there's the trade for Jack Kirby's Superpowers, uh, which I've... Oh, it collects both the Superpowers miniseries, which I just bought single issues at Chris's sale. That's right. For the about the price for of, a lot less than forty dollars, I'm sure. Right for about the cost of a single, the cover price of a single issue from Marvel or DC, yeah. I got uh, all eleven issues of Superpowers. And, and let's be honest, you probably paid about the right price. That uh, that's what I'm expecting, Eric. <laughs> I tend not to hear good things about these miniseries, but it was something I thought I'd like to at least try, especially... Oh, sure. It's, it's, it's wacky fun. I mean, it's just kind of goofy stuff. So. I do like wacky fun and goofy stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, there on page 140, we've got some Supergirl Silver Age Adventures, Silver Age Omnibus Volume 2, a collection of Superman's uh, late 80s, early 90s adventures in space after he 
executed uh, the Phantom, like the pocket universe General Zod and other Phantom Zone criminals and exiled himself into outer space. Wow, but I mean, $125 cover price, even at half off cover price, speaking of like back issue sales, you could find all those issues. Mm. Wow. Very good point. Yeah. yeah. But hey, you know, those who don't have access to comic book stores or, or, or comic book conventions and back issues, this is another good spot to find it. Yeah. Still not a story I'd pay $125 to read. <laughs> right. Or even like the, the DCPS discount. I right. Still wouldn't. Yeah. Maybe a little more worth its cover price, though. On page 141, uh, we've got some Gene Colan Batman stories. Yes. From the early to mid-80s. And these are a little harder to find on the cheap. That is correct. Yeah. Indeed. And those are only... That's only $40. But again, it's only 304 pages versus 900 pages for the omnibus. Right. It kind of averages out. But it's a good, sizable run of Detective Comics, plus uh, two issues of World's Finest. So I guess a little bit of Gene Colan Superman thrown in mm. as a bonus. Mm. Yeah, pre-crisis Batman is a little tough to find for less than a dollar. <laughs> right. Page Astro one. City, number 50. Mm. Exactly. And you may be, uh, may be remembering that the Astro City just recently had issue 100, but uh, that was of the total... Uh, number of issues. This one's actually is probably as, uh, 50 of the current run. And it's a sequel to, of sorts, to the uh, Astro City one-half story, The Nearness of You. Yep. Which, uh, Which was, is a damn fine story. Yep. And we did our top five uh, single-issue self-contained stories episode a while ago. This was, if it wasn't my number one, it was darn close to the top of my list. And now we get to check back in with uh, the man who lost his wife to a crisis-like reality restructuring. He seems to have joined a support group for people with problems like his. Sounds like a good idea for a story. All right, anything else from D.C. or going to IDW? I don't really pay attention to toys very often, but on page 149, a toy Joker mobile? That's pretty boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the price tag? Uh, oh, <laughs> there's the punchline. <laughs> $100. American. Smile. <laughs> yeah. And it's only $68 with DCBS, though. Is that all? That's all. And it ships in May, so you can you have months to pay it off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll start my down payment now. now. See, there Easy you go. Financing available. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. Now, now on to ITW. I'm amenable to that. All right. So while while the uh, while the storyline doesn't seem to be something right up my sleeve, Assassinistas is drawn by Gilbert Hernandez, uh, new number one here. So it can't be all bad, but uh, yep. it doesn't really look quite up my alley. But yeah, it doesn't look like it's up someone's alley. Yeah, well, it's uh, Gilbert uh, having to draw disco. <laughs> Which you know, he was kind of a punk kid back at the time and hated Disney. Yeah, yeah. Coming uh, full circle here. But, uh, yeah, if, if anybody out there, including you, Eric, wants to give it a try on the cheap, it is 50% off at dcbservice.com. Oh, uh, yes, and then we get into the uh, Hasbro barrio over here. Uh, <laughs> uh, page 160, we've got a ROM and the Micronauts, number one. Now, I don't know if this is going to be ongoing or limited, uh, but it's written by Christos Engage, who's a pretty good writer. And I've, uh, I, I liked what Cullen Bunn did with uh, the Micronauts characters uh, for you know, his run on the series. And so now this guy is going to team them up with Rom. I think I may give that a look. And then on the facing page, this is... I've, I've been waiting for this for months now. 
but uh, I just learned recently that uh, uh, IDW is bringing the uh, my, my beloved Visionaries uh, toy property to comics, uh, beginning by teaming them up with the uh, better-known and better-loved Transformers, uh, just as an introduction to fans who might not be familiar. Um, and you know, honestly, I've what I've seen, I don't think I care that much for the character designs. Uh, I'm worried I'm, after all this time waiting on tender hooks for visionaries to come to comics again after that Marvel series of the 80s, uh, I've, I'm afraid I might not like what IDW is going to give me. But, uh, I will definitely try the first couple issues of their solo series once it comes out. I think I may sit out the uh, Transformers team up here. Well, the first issue main covers half off. All right, well, that's s- <laughs> something of an advertisement. I, okay. I may be persuaded. All right. <laughs> Page 172, you got Judge Dredd, The Dark Judges. This is a trade paperback collecting some of the uh, Judge Death storylines, the classic stuff from uh, Wagner and Grant and Brian Boland and others. It's you know, been reprinted several times here in the States, but uh, if you haven't read it, that might be worth something to check out. If you're at all interested in Judge Dredd, that's some of the better stuff. So. Page 183, um, Couple books that look kind of interesting. Got a from Craig Yo. We've got uh, We Speak Spoke Out comic book, comic books and the Holocaust. Uh, classic comic book stories about the Holocaust and interviews with their artists and writers. Uh, got a cover by Neil. Um, so could be interesting. Got uh, you know Stan Lee's involved and Joe, Joe Kubert's involved. So good stuff probably. So that might be worth checking out. And right beside it, Screwball, the cartoonist who made the funnies funny. Uh, going back mostly to the newspaper strips, this is part of the uh, newspaper strip imprint. Um, so, but you've got a lot of stuff from like George Harriman of Crazy Cat and E.C. Seagar, creator of Popeye, Windsor McKay, but not Nemo and Slumberland, but the dreams of the rare bit mm-hmm. uh, fiend, uh, Rube Goldberg. Yeah, it's like, that should be pretty cool too. Real classic material there. On that next page, 184, this uh, Tales from the Age of the Cobra looks pretty interesting. I did, well, I kind of like the art, so I, I Googled them uh, a few uh, when the previews came out. and um, These are European artists. This is all, this is from their, uh, IDW's been doing some European translation translations of the, some of the Euro books, and this is another one of those. Um, but uh, Fernandez has done some interesting stuff. I don't, can't see, speak to how, uh, how, how well, how good the writing is, but the art's nice. All right, uh, anything? Well, okay. For IDW, of course, again they have artist editions. In this instance, they have Joe Kubert's Tarzan and the Lion Man and other stories artist edition. Uh, this looks like it's the uh, final Tarzan stories, um, uh, Joe Kubert. And uh, yeah, gosh, I mean, as much as I love these art editions, there are just so many of them I just can't keep up. But this. Yeah, I hear you. You can't count on winning them at raffles anymore. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Tarzan, the Kubert's Tarzan is just amazing stuff. But uh, yeah, still, I can't afford it this time. Yeah. Um, let me just throw a couple quick mentions here before we leave. Sure. Uh, page one eighty one. There's a graphic novel adaptation of Rogue One, a Star Wars story, on offer here. Should be out just about in time for Episode Nine. Uh, no, episode eight, make that. Mm-hmm. And on um, page 185, uh, IDW is offering a uh, 
uh, an edition of The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, you know, the novel by Mark Twain, uh, with uh, cover and illustrations by Eric Powell of The Goon and Hillbilly. Do we want to go to Image now? Or? Yep, the Image Comics. All right. Rumble number one. Uh, I've been reading Rumble. Uh, this is a relaunch because he's got a new artist. Uh, James Heron was the original artist. Uh, he's left for other pastures. Um, after doing the first 15 issues, and now he's brought, now he's <coughs> Arcadia's brought in David Rubin, who, uh, for my money, is one of the best artists out there right now. Uh, he's just come on gangbusters in the past couple of years. He's a European guy who's made his way here finally, and uh, I, I just love his stuff. He, um, first stuff I saw from him was uh, the Aurora West uh, graphic novels, the spinoffs of Battling Boy, Paul Pope's uh, graphic novel. Oh, yeah. And he's done some other things. He did a uh, mini-series with Matt Kent that he drew, that, that Matt wrote, uh, that was really good. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to this. It's basically, uh, I, I, have you either of you read Rumble? No, I have not. Okay, so basically it's uh, kind of this mythological god uh, who's been resurrected, but into a straw man's body. He's literally a walking scarecrow. So he, he's lost all his godlike ability, but he can still fight like a mother. So uh, it's him taking down monsters. So that's all you need to know. Guy with the big sword uh, killing monsters. Did you notice there's uh, some Mike Norton art on offer on page 197? Uh, Holiday special of Charles Soule's Curse Words. I did not. Which is about uh, an evil wizard who's uh, convinced the people of New York in a world where magic exists, obviously, mm. that he's a good wizard. <laughs> and about the skullduggery he gets up to. And uh, this is a Christmas story, which is drawn by our friend Mike. Oh, excellent. And on the very next page, page 198, the final issue of Elephant Men. Come a long way since the Moritate artwork at the beginning of its run, closer to the early days of Comic Geek Speak, but... Uh, now it's uh, it's experiencing its last rites. It's uh, the final issue. I don't think I've picked up an issue of this since its first year on the stands, but I think I may check back in just to see how it uh, how it uh, goes out. Had you uh, read Elephant Men much over the years, Eric? Not really. I've I've uh, read a little bit early on, like you, uh, mm-hmm. first back when when uh, I think back when Ladrone was working on it. Mm. I read a little bit of it. That's it's been a while since he was on it, so <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, it was kind of interesting, but uh, I just I don't know, just didn't really get into it for whatever reason. Yeah. And the fact that it's been published so sporadically doesn't really. Yeah, that doesn't help. That doesn't help certainly. Uh, let's see, we have a lot of Christmas specials coming out this month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that time of year, I guess. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, page 201, there's that Spawn versus Krampus thing I mentioned. <laughs> page 202, The Wicked plus The Divine has a Christmas special coming out. Love the ugly sweater uh, cover. Yeah, I'm yeah, about yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, much of the rest of this image section is just... Uh... Oh, there are many different ongoings. Mm-hmm. There are many, yeah. many different ongoings. Yeah, and some miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, right, right. Let, let me throw out a mention on page 236. I think uh, sure. during our last previews episode, I, uh, my, my laptop froze up on me <laughs> right around the point where we got to the second half of the image section. Okay. So, Eric, I do feel your pain with your computer issues because uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need a new OS too, apparently. Um, but, yeah, Void Trip on page 236 is what I wanted to mention. Okay. It's kind of a psychedelic space odyssey. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Star Wars meets the View Askew universe. You know, it, it, it's kind of like a 
stoner Star Wars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> complete with black light poster visuals. All right. Uh, by somebody named Plaid Klaus. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds like my cup of tea. I'm planning to, uh, to, to buy it. All right. Was there anything else from Image? Uh, just the well, like I said, a lot of the stuff's ongoing. So I mean, right. but uh, some of my favorites are have issues this month: Paper Girls and Royal City. Saga's got a new trade. Volume eight. All right, we've got to go on to Marvel next. Sure, I'm ready. Oh, and Marvel Legacy continues. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, they're bringing back Jean Grey. <laughs> Check your watches, folks. <laughs> uh, yep, uh, with art by Lionel Francis Yu. And then Marvel 2-in-1. How about that? Yes. Yeah, yeah the Marvel 2-in-1 would look kind of interesting. Because he's got Jim Chung on the art there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Written by Chip Zdarsky, who's mainly been writing silly things for Marvel so far, but... Um, well, he's, he's been doing a little bit of mix, a mix of things. Um, he's been doing some more serious stuff recently, the past couple of years. After how the nut uh, ended, he uh, can't remember. He's writing. He was writing one of the uh, Guardian series, maybe. I don't remember exactly. And well, the story is going to tie into like current Marvel Universe continuity post Secret Wars. So, uh, Alex Ross variant cover. And uh, I think the, the regular cover, at least, uh, on uh, DCBService.com is another one of their 50% mm-hmm. off bargains. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And it's, it's a Marvel team-up uh, story, uh, title, there we go. Captain, lowercase t and lowercase u, but it, you know what I mean. So, you, you going to give that a try? No. <laughs> I am. Oh, okay. Well, good for you. <laughs> Not so good for my wallet, <laughs> but good for me. Well, if you noticed all the... Uh... John Byrne remastered variant covers in this month. Yes, I saw uh, like the uh, one for um, the Phoenix Resurrection. Saw that one. Did you see the uh, Silver Surfer tie into Squirrel Girl on page 18 and 19? I did. uh, Just because it has a Michael Allred uh, cover. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye number 13, uh, Clint is back. So it's going to be Hawkeyes again. Been a pretty good series. Uh, even even this uh, current <clears throat> Kelly Thompson's written series has been pretty good. But you know, she's her series hasn't, hasn't been quite to the level of the original Fraction Aja run, but uh, right. it's been pretty fun. It's been pretty fun. Uh, one of my favorites of the uh, Marvel ongoings these days. Page twenty nine, uh, the uh, new Wade and Somni run on Captain America. There's going to be a new swordsman in the Marvel universe. Check that out. And uh, they seem to have all the Wade stuff uh, concentrated together here. Mm-hmm. On the next two pages, 30 and 31, the uh, uh, what's that, something about counter, uh, Worlds Collide, that's what he's calling it. It has to do with uh, the High Evolutionary's Counter-Earth. And the Avengers and the Champions, both teams written by Mark Wade right now, are teaming up to uh, deal with that crisis. Page 32, Uncanny Avengers number 30. <laughs> Got a cover of, uh, a Terry Dodson cover of... Uh, Scarlet Witch in the Clench with Dr. Voodoo, of all people. Been uh, very happy with uh, Peter David's Scarlet Spider series. On page, there's two issues of that on page 39. Uh, the Slingers are back. Remember them from 1999? No. I remember them. <laughs> <clears throat> for a little while, 
Spider-Man had to lie low for a while, so he adopted a series of other identities. Uh, oh, I heard about that. Yeah, and then a bunch of kids uh, took up those identities and formed their own little team called the Slingers, written by Joe Harris, who's currently writing rock stars for Image. And now uh, Peter David is uh, picking these characters up and having a little fun with them in his uh, Ben Riley Scarlet Spider series. So I'm happy to buy this series because it's a Peter David series featuring characters I actually want to read about. Okay. So, yep, I'm getting every issue of that. Yeah, for me, the only books that I'm getting are, are Thor and Jessica Jones from Marvel. Just a couple of the ongoings. We're still really enjoying Thor because Jason Aaron's still on the book, basically. That's why I'm still getting it. And I really like what they're doing with Jane Foster. Well, enjoy it while you can. Exactly. We won't have her to kick around much longer. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I think that was one of those things where Aaron had a mo- an, an ending in mind all along. It's just of a, how long would it run. You right. Know? The, on page 72, uh, in the X-Men Blue title right now, written by Cullen Bunn, they're doing a, a cross-time capers story, which is, you know, the title's a callback to one of my favorite arcs of Excalibur by uh, Claremont and Davis. Um, so it's uh, the, the, the young X-Men, you know, brought forward in time from the past. They're tripping around through time. They're going to visit 2099. So they're still around. You see, I, I've, I haven't been reading the books for a while. Okay. Yep, they're, they're, they're still around. Yes, okay. they are. Uh, so, yeah, in Chapter 2, they'll visit the X-Men 99. Then they'll go to you know, whatever point in the Marvel Universe timeline was the mid-90s to visit uh, the original Generation X team while you know, most of their members were still alive. So that, that, that seems to be a fun story. I may actually be uh, get, picking those up. Page 77, X-Men Grand Design. A new uh, miniseries by Ed Pisker of Hip Hop Family Tree fame. What? what? <laughs> I'm not an X-Men kind of guy, but this has me intrigued. He's basically doing a retelling of the, um, the whole entire history of the X-Men. It's going to be a, a little series of miniseries, I think. Hmm. Uh, Going covering every generation of the X Men. You know, I. It's a, uh, it sounds like a, a very uh, ambitious project. Kind of doing for the X Men what he has already done for hip hop. You know, I had completely overlooked that one, Eric, but um, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm marking it down. Yeah. I didn't really see anything in the trades either that it really stood out for me. I mean, there's the Vision Director's Cut hardcover. Oh, yeah. It's on page 96. It's Tom King's uh, magnum opus there. Um, page 101, you know, again, speaking on behalf of Chris, uh, Black sure. Panther, Panther's Quest, uh, written by uh, one of Chris's heroes, Don McGregor, penciled by Gene the Dean Colon. And this isn't even the, the jungle action stuff from the 70s that Chris is always going on about. This is a much later story from uh, Marvel Comics Presents, you know, the biweekly series that Marvel did for a time there. Uh, it's 25 chapters, uh, serialized in Marvel Comics Presents number 13 through 37. It's a great creative team uh, returning to the character after a period away. And uh, I'm pretty sure Chris uh, would give this the highest possible recommendation <laughs> if he were here to do so himself. So uh, consider me the Panther Proxy. <laughs> the Panther Proxy. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, then on to the rest of the book pre- previews. The rest of the book. All right. And starting out here with Abstract Studios, their featured item, Terry Moore 25th Anniversary Sketchbook. 8,800 days of blondes, brunettes, and bozos. 
You had me at Terry Moore. <laughs> uh, that's one of the other things I picked up besides the eight comics that I picked up was uh, this uh, Terry Moore sketchbook that I ordered. So get ready for um, Strange and Paradise coming back next year. Right. Now, speaking of Terry Moore, though, there's also the second and last Motor Girl trade paperbacks. Yes. Story of a, a woman with post-traumatic stress disorder and her possibly imaginary gorilla friend. Just, what a great read. Yep, hanging out in the junkyard. And, what a great uh, look. Fixing friendly alien spacecraft. Oh, love that book. Yep. And so now I, I, I've decided I was going to do it in trade. So I have the first trade, had it for some time. Now I can pick up the other one and get the second half of the, of the series. Excellent. Good deal. No man left behind. And from Acme, Inc., the rock and roll biography of System of a Down. Okay. I've been clamoring for that one. <laughs> oh, have you now? I haven't, no. Who said it? System of a Down didn't really strike me as a, as a nerd kind of a man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes, it's, uh, then they struck, they, they struck you correctly then, Eric. <laughs> Can't even name one of their songs. Okay, here's an Action Lab uh, series that sounds kind of interesting. On page 256, a four-issue miniseries called The Consultant. It's about a former Navy SEAL, who I believe is also a former supervillain, uh, who is uh, called in to uh, act as kind of a cleanup man for, to you know, protect the reputations of uh, some well-known superheroes. You know, he assembles a team of ne'er-do-wells like himself to help uh, you know, clean up the messes that might otherwise compromise the sterling reputations of Justice League types. So, cool concept. Coming out into the Action Lab Danger Zone imprint. <laughs> it's like Archie's bringing back the Mighty Crusaders yet again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, written as they were the last time they brought them back yet again by Ian Flynn, <laughs> whom I best know as uh, the writer of the Archie, well, one of the writers of the Archie Sonic the Hedgehog series. It looks like we've got uh, Jaguar, a version of the Comet, Fly Girl, a couple of different Shield uh, re- relatives. I guess the um, sorceress-looking girl is the web, probably. I was thinking Ms. Justice. Maybe. maybe, maybe. Or maybe somebody we've... Maybe, might be a new character, too. Could be. Not based on an old MLJ character. I think the next things I was going to mention are over in Boom Studios part of the book. Okay. Uh, looks like we've got two... Uh, well, one of them might not be new, but... Uh, uh, anyway, listed here on page 297, two uh, Grant Morrison-written Klaus specials. Uh, Klaus and the Crisis in Xmasville, and Klaus and the Witch of Winter. That, that, the, the latter of them might have come out last wow, year. Wow, he's put in Klaus and Crisis in the same title. He must have been going, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so, oh my goodness, I'm still not buying this. Oh! <laughs> I'm going to wait and see. I'm just waiting for the right opportunity to try the original like six-issue six series on the cheap. Okay. Yeah, so I, I still don't know what I think. Okay. So Fair enough. I just know that uh, if eventually I decide it's the greatest thing since sliced fruitcake, I'll be able to... <laughs> there's plenty of content out there for me to sample That's true. later on. <laughs> Page 300, uh, Boom is uh, continuing to mine uh, the Nickelodeon Nicktoons backlog. Uh, they've got a Rugrats comic coming out, and now Rocco's Modern Life. Marvel did a couple issues of a series about that back in the 90s. And now there's a new series coming out. It's not exactly something I've been on the edge of my seat anticipating. But, you know, for a little bit of uh, 90s nostalgia, for those of you who remember Rocco's Modern Life better than I do, there it is. But, however, on page 301, um, Bodhi Troll by Jay Fosgett. Uh, I've actually talked this up on uh, the podcast before. 
Um, okay. Bodhi Troll came out through Red 5 Comics originally. And it's uh, the adventures of this... Uh, <laughs> Uh, this uh, don't say this to his face, but cute little troll <laughs> named Bodie, uh, his friends, uh, the, 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 a crotchety old fairy godmother, and a would-be actress named Charlie, and uh, the adventures they have together. It's I, I've described it as kind of like Disney's uh, Adventures of the Gummy Bears with a PG-13 rating. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it's fun stuff, and uh, Fosgit is a he's a talented cartoonist. He's done a bunch of the My Little Pony stuff for IDW lately. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like his work, and I I actually highly recommend Bodie Troll to anyone who enjoys a little bit of fantasy comedy adventure in their comics. And page three hundred three, we've got the second issue of uh, Kong on the Planet of the Apes miniseries. Another one of these silly mashups that uh, Boom <laughs> occasionally throws at us. What's really got me going towards it, though, is the uh, the art by Carlos Magno, who's done a bunch of things for, for Boom over the last couple of years, including uh, like that Lantern City maxi-series that we uh, did a, off the racks on a while ago. Um, I don't normally pay that much attention to artists, but uh, that is one name that I've uh, learned to, to oh, follow. Oh, okay. So, and yeah. pronounced correctly, obviously. I, I hope. Are we close there, Eric? <laughs> well, who, I'm sorry, I was looking at the next page. What, who was this you're talking about? Carlos Magno who uh, does some things for Boom Studios. He's drawing the Kong oh. on the Planet of the Apes. I would assume that's, that sounds correct to me. <laughs> okay. Right, very good. <laughs> and it, it is Carlos, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and his artwork is very, very nice, very, very detailed line work. He, he did the first arc of the Kong of Skull Island okay. series, uh, the, the, the third uh, trait of which is uh, solicited on the same page here, and what do you know, it's illustrated by Carlos Magno once again. He draws some fine-looking apes. So, yes, he's the perfect go-to guy for this uh, King Kong on the Planet of the Apes story. Just look, he, he drew the middle of the three uh, covers shown here. That'll give you an idea. So, yes, excellent stuff. I recommend it. And speaking of excellent art, uh, the next page, Graph Kings, Volume 1, <clears throat> written by Matt, Matt Kent and uh, art by Tyler Jenkins. And the artwork in this thing is... Really good. I've seen Tyler Jenkins' work before uh, on other things, and uh, Peter Panzerfaust, if, uh, if anyone's familiar with that series. But here he's kind of really loosened up his style a bit. It's a more, uh, more expressionist, and he's uh, doing watercolor, full watercolor on the, on the entire issue, and it looks fantastic. Um, it's got a very atmospheric look to it. Um, and the, the story itself has been really good, too. It's uh, about this... Uh, Kind of town that's kind of separated itself from uh, the state's government. It's kind of they kind of like run the run their own little town, and they've got another town across the lake that kind of keeps an eye on them a little bit. Uh, it's uh, kind of interesting. I'm only I'm only three issues into it, so it's uh, but uh, I, I, I've, I'm really enjoying it. So I guess one of the next big uh, announcements in this book is uh, page three twenty four from Dynamite Barbarella number one. Uh, the pop culture icon makes her debut in America with new stories for the first time in 35 years. I didn't realize that there uh, hasn't been anything coming out from her for that long. I mean, I've never actually even seen the movie, but I know of the character, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. All I know about the movie is, I guess, well, besides Jane Fonda being in that's yeah. where I think Duran Duran got their um, <laughs> name from, their group, somewhere from the movie Barbarella. Sounds right. But, uh, yeah, I haven't seen the movie either, although a few years ago, uh, Matt, you know, CGS Matt, sent me a link to uh, like the opening sequence, like uh, Jane Fonda flipping around in uh, limited gravity while somebody in the background saying, Barbarella! 
<laughs> it's, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but yeah, it's, uh, whereas System of a Down is not up your alley, Murd, I think Barbarella would be. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I, uh, Eric, I fully intend to see that movie at some point. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, as far as this comic goes, yeah. And, Remember uh, Mike Carey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got yeah, Mike comics. Carey, he's a good writer. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed quite a bit of things he's written, but, you know, you know how these uh, Dynamite series go. It's uh, very hit or miss whether they're mm. going to be good a, or not. about a dozen different covers to yeah. choose from. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to know what the interiors will look like, cover F is the one to look at. That's the one that's actually drawn by the uh, interior artist. Yeah, Kenyon Yarar on page 327. You see some interior artwork. Yeah. It looks kind of like he's got kind of a somewhere between between uh, like the women's faces look a little more uh, Milo Manara, but then some of the other uh, characters look more um, like the guy who does uh, Manhattan Projects, Patara. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, page three forty-two, Lark's Killer. Have you guys? Uh, you guys were going to review that one, weren't you, or, or am I mis- misremembering? Uh, yeah, I think you're misremembering. How, I, well, okay. We mentioned it in the, in the previous... Maybe that's what I think, though. Yeah. yeah the well, first we, issue, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's Bill Willingham's new series. It's, uh, I'm still not completely sold on it yet, but it's been fairly good. I'm not, I don't really like the art, but uh, something interesting from Fantagraphics on page 348. Sparring with Gil Kane, debating the history and aesthetic of comics. Uh, anyone familiar with Gil Kane knows he was very opinionated and wasn't and wouldn't mind telling you about it. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's like got a lot of really interesting interviews here with Hal Foster, Walt Kelly, Noel Sickles, Harvey Kurtzman, Bill Everett, Denny O'Neill, Howard Chaykin, Walt Simonson, Robert Crumb. So it's uh, that should be a, that should prove to be a very interesting read. That's Gil Kane interviewing those people. So. Um, yeah, I never even knew he did anything like that. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he loved to, to talk comics with people, with uh, people who knew comics, and uh, he would uh, argue a lot. <laughs> he would argue with people quite a, quite vehemently. So <laughs> I would think it would be uh, very interesting to to read this. Uh, for Mike Plug fans, I know there's a few in the crowd. Uh, Thicker than blood is the now in trade paperback. What page is that on? Uh, three fifty. It's a three issue miniseries they did in the late two thousands. Collected here, it's a three issue series. I haven't read it myself, but uh, you know it's Mike Blue. So, mm-hmm. just to go back to that Gil Kane book for a minute, looking online, you know he passed away in two thousand. Yes, and, and I, I can't believe I've never even heard of this. You know, topic in the meantime, but did they really keep this? Uh, has anything like that ever come out before this collection? I'm wondering, or just uh... Uh, in 1974, he uh, can't remember where it was published, but but yeah, there are some things. They actually were going to be publishing some of that in an upcoming issue, in the next issue of Alter Ego. Um, some of these writings from 1974. Oh, okay. Um, well, this, this was this was not the interviews, but these are just uh, essays he wrote, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, Kind of take on the same thing, but so yeah, he was he was he was pretty active with that. I, I, I don't know the circumstances of when these inter- how the, how these interviews were conducted, and maybe for like at uh, some of the early comic shows, perhaps or something. Okay. I don't I don't know, but 
it just struck me as very intriguing. Yeah, it is extremely intriguing. Yeah, it's a uh, fourteen ninety four uh, fifty CBS thirty five percent off. Yeah, I mean, for me, there's not a whole lot from the back of the book. And actually, I mean, the book, one of the very first things was from abstract for me. So I don't have much from the back of the book that really catches my eye. It's uh, why I'm going to rely on you two to <laughs> help keep things going here. If you see anything, you please. Oh, well, page 386, we've sure. got uh, a soft cover edition of You Have Killed Me by Jamie Rich and Joelle Jones. This is some of uh, Joelle's earlier work. Um, so it's not quite as uh, sharp as her Lady Killer stuff, but it's still uh, pretty good work. So uh, might be worth checking out if you if you like Lady Killer, you might like this. Oh, I love it. The, the, the you have killed me. It comes out on Valentine's Day, twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Is there anything on page four twenty two you might like to tell us about, Eric? <laughs> oh, let me get there. I'm still working my way there. I did take notes, but I didn't quite get this far back to the back of the book taking notes here. Well, of course, happens to be the section for tomorrow's publishing. Uh, I figure this much, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, one other thing on the way there, though, on page, one, uh, page 402, uh, Crazy Quilt, Scraps and Panels on the Way to Gasoline Alley. Uh, it's like it's a... Uh, Frank King collection of, of things. So uh, he Frank King was the artist of Gasoline Alley. So this is like the stuff he did up leading up before he took over uh, Gasoline Alley. So it could be interesting too. Oh, yeah. It is certified cool by previews. Well, yeah. Well, there you go. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay. So uh, tomorrow's. Uh, yes, that is indeed a Rob Liefeld cover on back issue. <laughs> You're not imagining things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Deadpool and Cable. <laughs> uh, and um, let's see what else we got in you. Oh, uh, the uh, Kirby Collector number 73 with a nice big Barna cover. That was that cover there, that cover image was uh, done for a proposed, that was a proposal Kirby was going to do a spinoff of Mr. Miracle called uh, Big Barna and, his, and her female furies. He, that was just so. That's some uh, production art he did, kind of as a for the pitch. I don't think uh, this, I knew all, that. Yeah, and this is uh, this is all uh, about the one shots and, and things like that, mm-hmm. including the prisoner, which was one thing. One cool thing that happened at New York Comic Con: uh, guy who has all the pencils for the prisoner, the complete issue. Uh, came by the Kirby Museum is always set up right beside us at the show and uh, so they got they got scan, good scans of those uh, those pencils. Oh, so, that's awesome. The entire yeah. issue. Yeah, cuz I, I didn't get to see, Unfortunately, I didn't get to see them. He was very protective, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. But yeah, the Kirby Museum sets I've seen them set up at like the uh, uh, comic art cons I go to in New Jersey. Yes. And you know, people will just bring them some things again they get to, they're all about keeping these uh, images, uh, it's great. Great stuff. Yep. And then uh, the the big book there is It Crept from the Tomb. Um, this is actually a second volume of uh, of this. It's the, the first volume was from, Best of From the Tomb, which uh, From the Tomb was a British fanzine, kind of like they do kind of for uh, horror, kind of what we do for comics. Uh, same kind of approach where a very uh, 
you know, interviews and articles, and pretty thorough kind of stuff. Uh, so we're doing a second volume, and this has got some stuff that was uh, never published because the magazine, you know, there were separate later issues of the magazine, but it pulled it before it could be published, so it's got some stuff that never got around to publishing. All right. Anything else from the the book? Whether it's in the comics section, or back with the books or magazines. Well, you got a new Quantum of Woody series. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say. Okay. It's on page four twenty six and four twenty seven. Um, yeah, it's yeah they're they're trying it again. It's a property that they have and that they want to keep trying to do something with. Uh, but uh, I think I decided after the last volume, which was written by, I think, James Asmus, and which I didn't like all that much, I think the where I've landed on that is uh, it's Christopher Priest's brain baby, and uh, if he's not writing, I'm not buying. Okay. That's, that's my policy now. <laughs> is that your policy? Yeah, and this one is written by, uh, well, some of their ad copy calls him a rising star, and perhaps more <laughs> honestly, uh, other copy calls him deeply alarming and untrustworthy writer <laughs> Daniel Kibblesmith. <laughs> Who apparently has written jokes for Stephen Colbert, so at least he knows humor. So that's that's something. But even so, it's it, it, it it's a continuation of what uh, Asma set up with the characters, which is just not as good as what Priest did the first time around back in the '90s. So I think I'm probably just going to sit this one out. Okay. So we get to the uh, the book section, page 456. We've got in the night studio illustrations after dark by Dan Brereton. Ninety-six pages of uh, damn fine painting, mm-hmm. and then on uh, the next page we got Joe Sinnott, uh embellishing life hardcover. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, Eric, anything else you want to push with tomorrow that's coming out? Uh, well, like I said, we've got new issues coming up soon. Uh, got the rock and roll issue, back issue coming out in the next probably the next three weeks, four weeks, uh, and. Uh, that issue of Gil Kane, the Gil Kane issue of Alter Ego, should be coming out the same same week. And then uh, a, couple, a week or two after that, we'll have uh, Groovy. Ah, Groovy yes. I got Did you get a chance to look at that at the booth? Did you stop to, to look at that? I didn't we get a chance to, to look at that. That uh, was such a hurry new thing. But I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, we we, we, we got it. some advanced copies at the, for the booth uh, flown in, and it uh, looks really cool. It's got a section on the monkeys. Yay! <laughs> you had me. It's not, just, it's not just about comics. It's got uh, interviews with the musicians and um, you know, com- stuff on the comics and uh, a little bit of everything in between. So it's more about the whole time period than in the, of pop culture than in some TV stuff. And so you got the like you know, Partridge Family. And, oh yeah, yeah, a lot of good stuff. So uh, if you're interested in that time period, like I'm sure. Uh, both you, I think both of you should will probably enjoy the book quite a bit. So. My copy is pre-ordered, Eric. I look forward to reading it on the way down to Heroes Con next year. If awesome. not sooner, awesome. God willing. <laughs> if not sooner, no, it's, it's perfect. So June for me is the grooviest time of the year. Why? It's, Why June is groovy? Is it's just everything is just in bloom. There's all kinds of flowers just uh, bursting into with, with life and color, and that's what grooviness is about, oh, man. Oh man, okay, man. Love and colors <laughs> and flowers. I want harsher buzz. <laughs> Warmth and life. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up here once again. And incoherence. This episode was brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. Check out their site at dcbservice.com. Also, episode was brought to you by learntograde.comicbooks.com. Check out uh, Kevin's site and use the coupon code CGS 
2017 to get 5% off your order. If you'd like to send us an email, our address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, the number to call is 267-702-6642. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at comicgeekspeak. We always encourage folks to visit thecomicforums.vanillaforums.com, which is our forum site where you can leave feedback about this and many other episodes of our podcast and get into discussions with fellow fans of Comic Geek Speak on various geeky topics. Such as Mr. Eric Nolan Webbington. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Eric is a frequent contributor there at the forums, which is much appreciated. No problem. And uh, we uh, give a special thanks, as always, to everyone who has uh, donated to the show monetarily in the past. Uh, The show would not be what it is today without you. And we are, as always, uniting the world's mightiest heroes, one listener at a time. Laser beams of 